Well, good morning and welcome uh, to Grace Life Church. And we're thrilled this morning to be together. The Bible said, <clears throat> the scripture says, I was glad when they told me it was time to come into the house of the Lord. So I don't know about you, but I'm glad to be here and I'm glad to be with you. Look at all your beautiful smiling faces. Praise the Lord. And if you're not smiling, just, you know, pace one on there just for just a minute. It's an old joke around here, but I always, uh, someone told me, I was in a meeting, and, uh, and actually it was a business meeting, and someone said, well, if you can't smile, then tonight, just go, when you go to bed, they said, just when you go to bed, put a clothes hanger in your mouth and go to sleep in the morning, and you'll have a smile. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if you could try that. Now, they make the child-sized hangers, so if you, you, know, if you don't have an extra wide mouth, then get the children's hangers. Amen. And so, but if you have dimples now, I don't know, you might lose them that way. I don't know. So just do the best that you can. And so <clears throat> this morning, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to preach about confidence. And we're going to, and we called it I am confident. But before we get there, we're going to have a little appetizer. And it's out of Ephesians chapter five in verse 14. It says, wherefore he saith, awake thou that sleepest and arise from the dead and Christ shall give thee light. Now, is, is Paul talking to someone who's dead? No, actually, they are living, right? But isn't funny, he, the, 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 the words that he chose here, he says, awake thou that, he says, you're, you're not dead, but you're one that sleeps, or you're one that, you're as dead. Then he says, arise from, arise from the dead, or arise from your sleep. In Christ shall give you light. It looks like if you don't arise and you don't awake, light, light's available, but light doesn't come to you. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. And then he tells us what that, would, that, what that would look like. How do you walk as someone who is wise? Well, the next, very next verse says to walk as wise is someone who redeems the time. In other words, they understand their time. They understand that the season of, of the life that they're in. They understand the season of what God is doing in the earth. And they are aligning themselves with that. So he says that we need to redeem the time because the days are evil. Well, if they were evil here, how much more? You know, this book wasn't written in 1964. Hmm. So this was written ages ago, and the times were evil. And he tells us, in, in, as you read into the end times, Peter and Paul and different ones, the book of Revelation tells us what the times will look like right before Christ comes. And actually, we're living in that time. We're, we're living in... The, uh, we're, we're living right at the edge of where we're seeing that, that Jesus, the Messiah, is ready to come to the earth. And we're seeing these things. So we're, we're, you know, the Bible said that we will see the signs. And we know at the rapture, we go to meet him in the air. He doesn't come to the earth at that time, but we go to be with him. So a lot of the scriptures that is covered in the Matthew is not really rapture scriptures. They're after we come back after seven years. So he said, if you can see these things happening before you leave, and we, you know, we preached about this for weeks, uh, a number of months ago. In other words, if you can see the second coming before you've ever left, and you know there's seven years in between then that you're going to go be with the Lord and go to the marriage supper of the Lamb and the beam of seat of Christ, the reward seat of Christ. How many looking forward to that? Amen. Going to the reward seat of Christ. How many like rewards? Amen. Me too. Praise the Lord. So we're going to go and have a, we're going to have a feast <laughs> with the whole body of Christ. Amen. 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 What a feast that's going to be. Yeah. And it said it's seven years long. Wow. 
Man, you're talking about a feast. That's a long meal, isn't it? Seven years, Mary's Supper Lamb is going to go to the beam of seat of Christ, and, and you're going to look Jesus in the eye, and he's going to talk to you, love you, and he's going to reward you for everything that you did for him while you spent your time on earth. And uh, then we're going to come back, you know, and then be here during a thousand years, millennium after the seven years. A thousand. Can you imagine? You're, you're going to be here a thousand years. Some people say, man, I'm 40. I'm, I'm 40. I'm, I'm getting old. 40. You're going to come back here and live a thousand years. You don't even have a great uncle who that lived that long. You say, Grandma, well, she, I mean, you haven't. Uh, the scripture says those who died a hundred during the millennium will be thought to be nothing but a babe. So a thousand years. Well, we're, that's because we're eternal beings, right? So we have a lot to look forward to. But the point being was that if you could, so we, we know we go to meet him in the rapture. He doesn't touch the earth, but when he comes back, we come back with him, right? Y'all remember that? We come back with him. So he said, and then these are the events that will take place when we all come back together. So he said, if you can see the setup, if you can see the events forming, taking place of what it's going to look like when we come back, then you know that's how close you are. So if you're a student of the word and in of in the prophetical end time events, you're already seeing the setup of what the second coming looks like and you're seeing it right now. And then we know there's seven years that we're going to be there and come back. So we are so close. In other words, you may not want to buy any real green bananas. <laughs> we might be just that close. So it's important that we redeem the time. Say that with you, redeem the time. Redeem. To redeem something means to buy, you know, to, to buy it back, right? If you're going to redeem something, you're going you're, you're gonna to cash it in. You're going you're gonna to buy it back. So he tells us to buy the time back because the day that you're in is evil. And how much more as we go forward to the end of the time? Because that means if we're, if we're this close, the Antichrist is probably not, not a child. He's probably an adult. Amen. You say, well, you have no way to know that. No, I, I can't prove it for sure. But he, he didn't say we would know the very day or the hour. But he said, he, you will know the time. And the believers will know the season and they'll know that time. So we are in that time and we are in that season. So it's very important that we are about the Father's business and doing what he had us called to do. So if I'm trying to do what you're doing and I'm trying to be someone else and instead of myself, then I'm, I'm, I'm off of my assignment, what he wants me to do. And uh, so the Father made you so unique that it brings him glory when, when you're doing what he has for you to do. That's what you've been called for. That's what he'll speak to you about. And how you live that out will play out when you come back here for the millennium. How faithful that you have been here to, to your call, to your assignment, to him, and to the kingdom of heaven will determine your position while you are here on earth for a thousand years. So I don't know what you want to be doing for a thousand years, but if you don't want to be raking leaves, you better pick your game up. Amen. So everybody will have a job. Some of you, you know, it'll be life as you know it now. We're not going to be floating on clouds here for a thousand years. There'll be life. There'll be work. There'll be things to do. There'll still be government. Jesus will be the head of the government. But, but it'll be just like the military. I mean, you know, the, 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 the five-star general, I don't even know if we have one now. I don't think we do now. But, but the general is not running everything. He's, he's the head of the, he's the head honcho, right? But there's many components and there's a you know, rank and order of the military. That's just the way it is in the kingdom of heaven. There's rank and order in the kingdom of heaven. There's rank and order in the kingdom of darkness. The devil's defeated, but let me tell you, he has a well-organized army. 
And if you don't think he is, you don't know him yet. Rank and file. He'll even tell you, the Bible will even tell you the rank of demons. The ones who are just little agitators, principalities. They have literally almost no power whatsoever. They're like mosquitoes that won't get out of your face. It's like, <laughs> so if you can nat them away, they're probably going to send a power. And on up and on up and on up and on up, rank and file. And there's rank and file in the body of Christ. So how effective you are here to the call that you have in your life will determine, it will determine absolutely what you're going to be doing here for a thousand years. So if you, if you take all your life, and I was, you know, this is just the way I say it, some people take all their life just to live life. They take all this life just to live a natural life. Just to go to work, come home, watch TV, play ball, whatever, go on vacation, you know, paint the board, you know, uh, plant whatever, you know, the, the cucumbers. All, all that's part of life. Uh, of course it is. But I'm talking about that's not what, that's not what you're here for. People, people who live in relationship constantly, they're, they're very aware of their calling. It, not, this is not because this is not the fivefold calling. This is not what I do. I'm talking about all of us have a calling. And that calling is always with you. It's always speaking to you somehow in some form, some measure. That calling is speaking to you. It should be. And if it's not, it's because maybe we're one of those. He said, awake from your sleep and rise from the dead. So he's saying you're alive, but you're, but you're living as someone who's a dead and, this time, and, and, and the time's ticking away. And you need to get busy because you're going to have to redeem the time because you're running out of time. You're running out of time. And so I, I don't want to get to the end of my life and, and have all this in me and, I, and it didn't get redeemed and it didn't get lived out because I flittered it away on other things. And people who live with purpose, they're, they're, they're not, you know, I mean, I, I have some friends who are very, uh, they're very, very good stewards of their time because they realize they only have so much time. So if, if you know what the call and the will of your life is, then you'll know what to say no to. So you can't say yes to everything and everybody. You can't because you're not called to help everything, every cause and everybody, but everybody is called to help somebody. Amen. Everybody's called to something. If you're not called to something to do yourself, then you're called to help someone. Everyone's called someone. I'm not supporting every missionary in the world because I don't know every missionary in the world and I don't have the resources today to support every missionary in the world, but I do have, but I do have resources to support someone. So we're all hooked together in, in, in one vision in the kingdom, even, although it's uh, in, in one way it's individually, but corporately we're all called to do, you know, the same thing. And that is to expand the kingdom on earth. The kingdom, everything's about the kingdom. You say, well, I thought it would be the church. Not really. Everything is about the kingdom. The kingdom is way beyond these four walls, as you would know. There's over 7 billion people on the planet, and they're not fitting in this room. Amen? So everything is kingdom. And so uh, the scripture, Jesus said in the very beginning, the kingdom of God suffereth violence from the very beginning, and there's people, you know, who are trying to make headway into it. Well, that's what, that, that's what we're doing. You know, we're, we're running head on, headlong, all, all the way in. And so here's, here's our deal is because that we understand citizenship that we can effectively disperse that which needs to be dispersed on the earth and release, maybe a better word, release into this life, into others, what we have already received from him because we know, we not, we, you and I both know that we're not even from here. 
I live as you do in Alabama. I was not born in Alabama. I was born in Michigan, but I've lived most all of my life in Alabama. But I'm not even from Michigan or from Alabama, as you are not. I am straight out of, just like you, straight out of heaven. Paul tells you that emphatically, that you are the citizen of heaven. So you are a citizen of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. So what we want to do a lot of times is we just want to get out of this. This world's pitiful. You just watch the news. My life just, Lord, come get us quickly. So we, we have this rapture mentality that we just want to get out, but that's not the mentality he wants us to have because God has the people on the earth, which is precious to him. Amen. Which one of your children would you be willing to, 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 to go to hell? How about none of them? Right. So he's patiently waiting what, for the fruit of the earth. He's patiently waiting for the fruit of the earth. And so that is our job is to release heaven into the earth on earth as it is in heaven. So when people come from from other nations into this nation and they cross the border, whether they do it legally or illegally, you know why they want to get into the United States. You, you, you know why other countries don't have walls to keep Americans out because we don't want to go anywhere unless it's on vacation. But there's a lot of people in other countries that does not have your advantages. Amen. They weren't born into it. They never had it. So they, they a lot of times illegally will come here because they're looking, you know, to become uh, have the privileges of a citizen of the United States. Because when, when you're a citizen here, you have you have rights in this nation. I don't know if you understand the rights that you have as an American. You have you have rights. Amen. Even if you're arrested, they have to tell you you have rights. If you just shot three people dead and everybody watched you, you may be going to the gas chamber. But before then, they're going to tell you you have rights. If you was <coughs> if, if <laughs> Hitler wasn't someone who told you you had rights. No, but we have rights. Amen. And so we are here to enforce the kingdom in all its ways. Right. Amen. Say that with me. I'm here, I'm here. called of God, called of equipped, God. By God equipped by God to bring forth, bring forth. and enforce, and enforce. The, kingdom the kingdom of God. Amen. Now, real quickly, let's get into this. Um, Psalms 119.89. I'm just going to quote some of this for purpose of time. And we're talking about being confident. Say it with me. I'm confident. I'm confident. Now say it like you are. Are you really? Well, here's what your confidence should be based on. Psalms 118, 89 says forever. Uh, quick. How long forever? forever. Y'all are sharp this morning. My gosh. Look how fast, Michelle, that came out. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. The Amplified says forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven, standing firm and unchangeable. So can you change the word? Can you change God's mind? Can, is there, can, can you get a rewrite? Not possible, right? So forever the word settled in heaven, forever the world is uh, the word of God is standing and it's unchangeable. And it and so in other words, you can put any figure you want to in here. But what I can say is, Dave, if you open up your Bible, right, and if you left it here, and the world went on for a thousand years, if this Bible would say the same thing. Your your Bible, whatever. Translation that you have, if it was available to King James, you could read it hundreds of years ago. It will say the same thing it says now. I have my Bible. I have my mother's Bible. I have my grandmother's Bible. I have my great-grandmother's Bible. 
and my great-grandmother was born in the late 1800s. I have her Bible. She, lived, she died in 95. I have her Bible, and here's the interesting thing. Hers says exactly what mine does, and she was born in the 1800s. She didn't have electricity. She didn't have microwaves. She didn't have games to play. I don't think she had a smartphone. I need to check and see, but she didn't have all these things. But her Bible says the same thing that your Bible says. So forever the word settled in heaven. So let me, let me, let me give you a definition of confident just from the dictionary. It means to have a strong belief or to have full assurance, to have no uncertainty. You're excessively bold because you're convinced. And because you're convinced, you're brave. And because you're brave, you're also courageous. And because you're courageous, you're also dauntless. That's part of what it means to be confident. Psalms 21, we'll just quote it. It says, the wicked flee when no man pursues, but the righteous, what? They're what? They're bold as a lion. Aren't you glad it didn't throw in there a possum or something like that? You're bold as a raccoon or something like that. You know, I think a, a skunk could be bold, right? I mean, he's, he's got weapons. Amen. But, but now here, here we are. I mean, the, the, king, the king of the beast is what? The lion. And, he's, and so he likens you to your boldness and your confidence comes from him. And you're just as bold as a lion. And that's what he wants you to be. He, he wants you to live with such confidence. And when you pray, he wants you to pray with such confidence. And we're going to see why. So in 1 John chapter 5, and that's uh, 1 John chapter 5. And I'm going to read... Because uh, I already have it written out somewhere. If I don't, if I didn't hide it from me, praise the Lord, it's in here. Come forth, there it is. First John chapter five, verses eleven through fifteen. This is the uh, amplified. Well, if you got to do the best you can. Verse eleven, and this is the record, which is the, which is also the amplified calls the testimony. This is the record or testimony that God hath given to us eternal life. So eternal life is not a destination, is it? It, it? it could mean that, but this is not what he's talking about. He's not talking about, I've given you heaven. I've given you eternal life, which is his life. And he says, and that life, that eternal life is in his son. You all agree? Yes. Now watch the verse, next verse. And he that hath the son hath this life. Now, so it's saying that God, in, in God is eternal life, or in God is life, which is Zoe, the, the life and nature of God. And that life was also in his son Jesus. Verse 12 again, and he that hath the son hath also this life. And he that hath not the son doesn't have this life. That's simple. Next verse. These things have I written unto you that you believe on the name of the son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. So here he says that we have, God has the life. That same life is in Jesus. If you believe on Jesus, if you believe on the name of the Son of God, you have the same life that's in Jesus, which is in the Father, same, same life. Therefore, that should produce in you the next verse, confidence. And this is the confidence, John said, that we have in him. Notice it didn't say in you. It didn't say in your church. It didn't say in a spiritual leader, a, a teacher. The confidence that he wants you to have is found in him. 
so that if you ask anything, now, you know, God has to watch over this word to perform it. So when, when, when these things were spoken and said and written, he, he has to make this word good. So if he was going to put restrictions in there, he should have put some right here. Hmm? And this is the confidence that we have that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So if we ask anything according to his will, some say, well, what's the will of God? Well, the word of God. The word testament, you know, you've got an Old Testament, New Testament. The word testament just simply means will. So you've got a copy of the will. You, you know what a will is. Someone makes out a will, and they go, they pass, and then you go to the reading of the will to see, you know, you know how the property or money, whatever it is, is dispersed. Then, then you're read, and you find out what was the will of the person, what, what they willed in, in their last testament of their life. Well, here we have a copy of the will of the testament of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the King of kings and Lord of lords. And he wants you to know by the Spirit of God through John that if you, ask, if you ask him of anything, he wants you to know that he hears you. If you ask anything according to his will, he wants you to be confident and know that I am listening to you while you're talking to me. And know this, that you have the petitions that you asked of him. I always joke and say, man, wouldn't that be amazing if the Bible was true? Hmm? So, we, so how do we get the confidence? And so we know that we, we know that he hears us now, and we know that we have the petitions. Now, I want you to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, and I'm going to read uh, from the, uh, the Passion Translation and the Message Translation, but 2 Corinthians chapter 1. If you don't have it, you might want to follow on the screen. Um, yeah, 2 Corinthians and chapter 1. And verses 15 through 20. The subtitle in the Passion Translation of what I'm about to read you says here, it says, Paul explains his changed plans. Anyone ever had a plan and had to change it? Of course. Now watch here. And here's the wording of the Passion Translation. It starts out this with verse 15. With this confidence. There's confidence again. I'm wanting to visit you before and, before and after my trip to Macedonia so that you can enjoy a second experience of grace. <clears throat> that means you can't get all grace in the first visit. Hmm. I'll get mighty quiet in this place. Afterwards, I'm hoping that you'll be able to aid me on my journey to Israel when I revise my itinerary. He says, yeah, while I revise my itinerary, while I was vacillating, or do I make my plans with unprincipled motives? Is my plans ready to flip-flop with a yes and a no in the same breath? Of course not, he said. Of course not. For as God is true to his word, my promise to you was not a fickle yes when I meant no. Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and He is the one of whom Timothy, Silas, and I have preached to you. And He has never been a yes and a no. Not what they told me where I went to church. Concerning prayer, I always tell God says yes, and then sometimes 
He'll say no. And sometimes he says, wait a while or not now. Did you ever hear something like that? Some version of that? But here Paul said, when I told you I was coming, my plans was they got changed, but I never changed my plan of coming. The same way that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who I've been preaching to you, he's never been a both yes and a no. He's always been and always will be a resounding yes. For all, for all of God's promises find their yes of fulfillment in him. And as his yes and our amen ascend to God, we bring him glory. Amen. Now, listen to this in the, uh, the message. The message translation doesn't have, you know, it has chapters, but they don't record the verses. So I think I'm picking up somewhere in verse 15, I think, of 2 Corinthians 1, the message translation, if you listen to this. He says, confident of your welcome, I had originally planned two great visits with you, coming one by the way of to Macedonia province, and then again on my return trip. Then we could have had a bond voyage party as you sent me off to Judea. That was the plan. But are you now going to accuse me of being flip with my promises because it didn't work out? Do you think I talk about or do you think I talk out of both sides of my mouth? A glip yes one moment, a glip no the next. Well, you're wrong. I know what Paul really meant. He says, you're wrong. I try to be as true to my word as God is to his. Our word to you wasn't a careless yes canceled by an indifferent no. How could it be? When Silas and Timothy and I proclaimed the Son of God above you, did you pick up on a yes and no, on again and off again waffling? Wasn't it a clean, strong yes? This is simple, but it's very powerful. We're, ta we're talking about you, you having confidence. We're talking about you having confidence in your life. We're talking about you having confidence when you pray. You having confidence as, as, as a believer. So Paul said, he said, I, I choose to pattern my life after the Son of God, who is not a yes and no, on and off, a glip yes and a glip no, uh, Changing, you know, like the, the, the blowing of the wind. So <clears throat> he said, no, it was, a, it was a clean, strong yes. Listen a little bit further. Whatever God has promised, get stamped with the yes of Jesus. So there's a Jesus stamp, I guess. <laughs> I, I know the king and kings, you know, have the royal seal, and, you know, as far back as you can remember, you know. And, uh, and, you know, even our president, you know, they have a stamp and our national stamp and such as this and uh, governors and all such as that. Well, he says, whatever God has promised you, I'm talking to you this morning. I'm not talking to the walls in here. I'm talking to you individually and corporately. And I'm telling you, whatever God has promised you, according to his will, get stamped with the yes of Jesus. Amen. In him, that is what we preach and we pray the great amen. God, yes, and our, God's yes and our yes together is a glorious event. God affirms us, making us a sure thing in Christ, putting his yes within us. By his spirit, he has stamped us with the eternal pledge, a sure beginning of what he has destined to complete. These things are to help you 
have a confidence that no matter what you're, what you're living in and what you're living through at this moment in your life, that you will remain confident. It's not, it's, there's no problem with being confident when there's no problems in your life. When, when, when everything's working out from your, from your health to your family to your children to your relationships and to your money, everything's working. It's just amazing. I'm talking about when resistance comes. I'm talking about when everything that, that's not supposed to be approaching your life, so to speak, has. When you spoke to the mountain and it laughed at you. Y'all know what I'm saying? Did I get to the right church today? When, when, when you prayed, you believe according to the will of God and nothing seems to have changed. Except maybe it's a little worse. Hmm? Am I still in the right place? What are you going to do then? Well, do you go back to God and say you need to do something else? What, what else can he do? Because he's already stamped it with a yes. Is there a, do you have a different stamp up there? Isn't it funny what we do as people? And I, I don't mean to say any of this is wrong, but look, look what we do when we have situations that, that come into our life. All of us have. I do. I, I have. I'm not speaking despairingly of anyone, but when something comes into our life that's, that, that's weighty, that causes fear, um, all these things come into our life, you know, it could be a, it, it could be a number of things. You, know, you, could, you could get a, a bad report from the doctor. You could get something that's just like, there's, there's no way to fix this. Or, or they have nothing they can do about it. You, you, you could have had three generations back that all of your parents and grandparents died of, of whatever. You could say, well, everyone in my family has had dementia. And I don't mean to say it jokingly, I make light of this, but if I was you, I'd forget about that. You say, well, it's in my, it's, it's, you say, well, it's in my DNA, it's in my, it's in my bloodline, my family. I, I, I get that too. But you, but you need to trump that with this, yes. that, that you were born into a family, and of course you, you, you have the blood and DNA of, of your parents, that's true, and in the family line, but you have something much stronger than that. You, ha you have a father, right? When you was a born again, you were refathered. You were refathered. And you need to check the bloodline of your, of your eternal father Amen. and the son Jesus and see what's running in his family. Amen. And it's not dementia. Amen. And it's not high this and low this and we get the shakes and the, and the, and the, the diabetes and all that. I, I don't really, I don't think the Lord takes insulin shots. I don't think he does. I don't think he does. I don't think he has a blood pressure cup and he's just saying, a lot of people down there, a lot of problems, and they're all talking. What, what is it, Jesus? He says, they're, they're, I mean, the, the numbers are just, I, I don't even know. How many of you, if that's true, that, that would worry you? It would worry me. I mean, just like, you know, my was just, oh, well. <laughs> God can't help us. God, where are you at? He's in counseling right now. And it's like, no, that's, 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 not, that's not good news. That's, we don't want that kind of news. But he wants you to be confident. Amen. He wants you to be confident. So that's what Paul said. He says, my yes to you is the yes. He said, but I patterned myself because I got that from Jesus. See, that's part of our character. You may, you, you may not think that, that it's important that when you tell someone I'm going to be there at 2 o'clock that you don't get there at 2.18. 
I know that as a pastor through the years of, of, of setting up counseling sessions, I know people can get laid and certainly people can, something that can happen on the highway, but I'm talking about people who just don't respect their time. And if they don't respect their time, I can guarantee you they don't respect yours. I can tell you through the years how many times I've sat here for 45 minutes to an hour and I came very close just to leaving and there were other times I just left. Because they were just like, well, they kind of woke up and they just kind of worked on waking up to get here. And it's like, you know, if that pastor, he, that, that's all he needs to do. His job just to wait on me until I get there. Well, that's not true. Sometimes in a smaller congregation, we, we have a tendency to think that way. But if, you was, if we respected each other's time, and it's not, so I'm not saying this is what I'm asking for, but I'm just saying you, you couldn't ask your dentist to meet you after work, could you? Could you ask your surgeon to meet you after work? If you're going to have surgery? No, you'll have to take off time to go meet with your dentist or your doctor. You'll have to make an, what, an appointment when he has an opening that will coincide with the time that you can do it. But he doesn't meet you at 7.30 because you can't miss work. You just have to miss work or, or take a day off. Hmm. But when we don't respect our time, we certainly don't respect other people's time. And, and, and Paul had a character that he was building just like Jesus because these, the, you, you, your character is everything in your life. If, if, if you don't keep your word then you're going to have a hard time. I'm going to say it this way. If, if, if you don't respect your own words and your own commitments to, to yourself and to other people, you're going to have a hard time when I say the Lord said this or the Word says this and that carrying any type of weight into your life. Because in other words, your word doesn't mean that much to any other. So, so, what, so how am I going to change or help you so much when I say, well, God said this about your situation. But see, those people are saying things all the time, every which way. They are the yes and the no person. They say, I'll do this, and they do. They say, I'll show up, and they don't come. They say, I'll help you, and then you, you, you never see them again. Right? That's people. But Paul just said, I'm, I'm not going to be a person like that. I patterned my life, and, 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 and so the, the Lord Jesus Christ is not a yes and no person. So he, he said, here's why I was late. I'll tell you why I was late, but it wasn't because I changed my mind. Now, I want to tell you, no matter how, much, how old this book is, it's as up to date as anything that there ever could be or will be. And God hasn't changed his mind about you. So if you can find the promise in his word, it's been stamped with a yes from Jesus. And I'd ought to put confidence and boldness in you. You'll need confidence and boldness when? Well, I was talking before the service about, you know, preaching at Bible school when I wasn't confident, but I had to do it anyway. I'm nowhere near arrived, but, you know, the same kid that my knees were shaking when I was 30, you know. Well, matter of fact, what I didn't mention, the first time I ever preached at Bible school, I, I was so nervous. Uh, I, uh, the first time I preached, uh, I got a B because I, I forgot to give him my title or even turned or even turn and read, read the scripture. I just, you know, I was so overwhelmed with the enormity of, of being in front of the people and speaking for the first time. How many of y'all public speaking has not been the goal of your life? Just like, oh yeah, I mean, just put me up there. I just, I just love to 
That's me. Well, it, it wasn't me. It certainly wasn't me. And so <clears throat> here we have a promise from God that can be assured. So uh, he said that all the promises of God are yes and amen. These are simple things, but now what does amen mean? It means yes. It means so be it. So be it. So the promise that God gives to you is so be it. That's as good as done right there. If, if you were to say something, the Lord said, amen. <laughs> he just voted. You say, Lord, I believe you're good. He says, amen. I, I believe I'm good, too. <laughs> so, I believe you're, you're marvelous and you're kind in all your ways and you're generous. You're a good God. And God probably says, amen. I am. That's who I am. I believe that you hear and that you answer us in the, in the eyes of the Lord to watch you over all his children. He, he even knows when the sparrow hits the ground. He said, he would say, amen. So be it. That's, that's what I wrote in my word. But if you were to say, God, sometimes it just seems like you don't care and you, you know, you're, you're mad at me. So you, you, you just leave it. You not get an amen from God because that's not his word. It's not his will. It's not who he is. So in verse 19, notice here he says, but in him was yes, not yea and nay, but in him was yea. Not, not yea and nay, but in him was yea. Now notice, and I'm going to pry a little bit here. Not pry in the sense of in personal things, but I'm going to say to get your attention. Notice all the promises of God are yes and nay in him. All. That would encompass all the things in uh, our lives individually. All the, all the promises, everything that you have a need of. What am I going to do about this? What am I going to do about that? I got a decision to make on this. I got this going on in my life. I got this going on in my finances. I got this thing with my family, my children, my health, my this. All the promises of God, and there's thousands of them, are and the promises. It's a, it's a promise. So if it's a promise, it's supposed to be a yes. I've stood a few. I stood in a few, a few people through the years, and said, you know, went through the vows, and then we get to the part. Which, do you take? And then would do you take? And they either exchange vows, or I read some, and they agreed to it, and, and they said they would do this forever. They said they would. They said it before me and the people and before God. So far, half of them did it. I don't mean that's criticism, but I, I'm just saying those were those are covenant. Those are covenant words. And God takes covenant a whole lot more serious than people do usually. Hmm? Do, you, do you see why sometimes we have trouble believing God's word? It's because we don't even believe our own words. But sometimes we, what we need to do is we, we even have to swear the Bible says even to our own hurt. Hmm. We, we, we make it good because we said we would. Because we said we would. When I ran a, I only managed the floor covering business, there was a few times that there was discrepancy in what happened. And I legally, if it went to a legal matter, I, I could have won because we had a contract and I said, you know, you're buying so many yards of carpet and, uh, and padding and having this installed and either you're moving the furniture or we are for this price, da, 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 da. And when they got home from work that day, 
we, in, in, my, in my thinking, what we discussed was we had, we was getting the living room and the hall per se and the master bedroom and this other bedroom over here and we are gonna grab the, the master bath, do something in there. And I remember a lady coming home and she looked at it and she, got, she was getting really excited, you know, seeing this brand new floor covering in her den and the living room and got going down there. And then when she got to one of the, or two of the bedrooms, she said, what, what's, what, what happened? And I says, what do you mean what happened? She says, where's the carpet in these two bedrooms? And I says, we, you didn't order a carpet in those two bedrooms. She says, what? Of course I did. I said, no, man, we, did, we discussed this and this and this. She says, I, I don't know why, why you even think that, but I, I didn't come here to get all but two rooms. Well, I, I knew one thing for sure. She wasn't lying to me, but I knew there was somewhere lack of communication. It could have been on her part that she just assumed that I was doing all of it. But since I'm, I'm certainly capable of mistake, then I could have done that, but let's just say I went in the habit of making it. Well, legally, she paid for, let's say, 140 yards of carpet, and she got 140 yards. So legally, there was nothing she could have done about it. The thing is that I knew that she really believed that we had... She had conveyed to me that I want all of my house and all those rooms done. So here's what I did. I went at my own cost and I bought the carpet for two more rooms and the padding for two rooms. And then I put them in. And then, here, and then the problem was the dial lot, even though it was two days later, did not match what I had just done. Same shade. And y'all know about this. And Nathan, you know all about this. So, I, I mean, it was still the same manufacturer. It was still the same stock number, color number, all such as that. But it's just like, you know, taking your car to him and saying, I want this fender done, this quarter panel to look just like the rest of the car and the car's 14 years old. Well, he's a trained professional and he can, but, but he, he doesn't work magic. <laughs> you know, one's 14 years old and one's today. And we're going to come really close, but, but you know, under, under a microscope, you might find a, just a vague difference. So when she came in and saw the two new rooms, she wasn't excited, and, I, and there was no charge for it. It was free. So whether you realize it's not two bedrooms for a whole house, it's all my profit. Because the floor covering is only 35 to 40% markup at the most, back then anyway. So I lost all my profit just putting the two rooms in, but now the dialogue won't, won't match. So she's, she's crying and mascara is running everywhere. And I don't do really good with that. I just, I just, I don't, you know, just like the mascara. I mean, just, well, you know, you, you can imagine like, oh, God. and I mean, I was a lot younger. I was like, oh, I went outside and I, I, I didn't smoke. But if I did, I would, I would, I would have been, I used to, I would have been, I would have been pasting the, you know, the ground out there, but I, I don't. And, and I'm just saying she was, she, she was having a breakdown on the inside, and I was having one on the outside. So I had to come back, and I had to make a decision. Legally, there's nothing she could do. And what I did, because I was building a company, and I was building a reputation, and the, and the, and the best advertising that you can get is from word of mouth, and the worst that you can get is word of mouth. I jerked up all the carpet in her home, all of it. Now, the, the, the whole shebang wasn't a week old. I took everything out of her house and I put in all brand new carpet. And now I was about $2,000 in the red. But it was all, all the rooms and they were all the same dialogue. And she was happy and the mascara no longer run. 
My, mine did for you know a few weeks. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it was important. Now, here, here's what happened to me, and I'll never forget this. I, I, I think I could even remember her name. Within the next two months, I had five jobs that came from her. It's not because we're the only ones who could sell beautiful blue carpet. You know why I did? You know why I did? Because when I told someone I was going to do something, I did it. I had to swear to my own hurt, even if it cost me that much. And I profited from that. So Paul's saying, you know, just because people do this, when I told you I was coming, you know, we ran into this problem. And I'm, I'm not here when I said I was, but this is why. But I'm here because I said I was. He says, and I'll tell you where I learned that from. I learned it from the Messiah himself. He's not a yes or no, and God is not a, a yes glip and a no glip. All, all the promises of God in him are yes and amen, amen. are yes. And this is the confidence now that you should have that when you ask, any, when you ask anything according to his will, amen. he'll hear you. Now, you can't come back and tell God that you said this and then he, he wasn't hearing good or it's never God's fault. Like it was maybe my fault that day. And uh, <clears throat> now there was a couple of times I didn't handle it so good one time. And uh, I wouldn't suggest not doing it the way I did one time before. So one time I just pulled all the carpet <clears throat> up within a few minutes and threw it out the, out the window. It was, a, it, was a, it was an octagon house, and, uh, and he said he didn't like the floor covering because it had seams everywhere. We had only discussed this for like about two days. Uh, you, you know, an octagon's how many sides? Eight sides. Octagon's eight sides. And you've got a carpet that's 12 foot wide. Do you think you're going to have a seam? You're going to have as many pieces of waste as you do with what's going to be on the floor. And it is going to be a puzzle. Why you'd want to build a house like that, I don't know. So <clears throat> he, the house was built on stilts and, uh, and had lights all the way around the house. I mean, it was a pretty house, but I'm just saying it's up on stilts, almost like it was at the beach, Octagon House. It wasn't in the beach. It was between Selma and Demopolis, which is depressing, <laughs> any, which is, which is depressing anyway. <laughs> Depressing enough. Sorry, Selma, if you're listening to me. Just, <laughs> so the lights shine everywhere. And, you know, when you, when, I don't mean to give a little lesson, but when you cut carpet and, and you and put a scene together, you're taking something that was whole and you're cutting it right, mad in two pieces. And then you've got seam tape. And we use now standard, what you would use would be a four-inch tape to hold two pieces together. But because you've got so many seams, we, we use six-inch tape, which makes it even stronger so that when you stretch it, why, why do you want to stretch it? You want to stretch it so there's what no wrinkles. Do want, you want wrinkles in your carpet? Nobody does. But when you stretch it from both ends, that which you've cut in two pieces and now are, are being held together, this with tape underneath, guess what it's trying to do? It's trying to rise up where you cut it in half. And they said, I can see that. I said, well, that's good. That means you, 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 your eyes are working. And you got all this light, you got constant windows. And they said, well, I'm not paying for it until you can make all these seams where I can't see them. <laughs> At this point, I wasn't in church, and I, and I don't think I was even in Christ. And I said, so you're, you're not paying anything until I can make all these seams disappear. He said, that's it. 
well, I had a, a, a blade in my, uh, my truck. I said, be right back. He says, well, okay, you fix it and I'll pay you. There's no way to fix that. So I went out there and I started cutting carpet loose at every doorway. <laughs> all the way down the hallway. Kind of look. And then I started rolling all the carpet over and it had, it had dual French doors off the balcony. So I had this carpet. I rolled it up like this big ball and then I kicked it off and down into the ground. <laughs> and I tore the pad up and I left the tax strip and I turned around and said, you see it now? <laughs> and he was like, And I loaded all this ball of nylon in my truck. It looked like the Beverly Hillbillies, a little S10 truck in about 150 yards of carpet. I don't even know how I got it. Some of it was in the cab with me, too. And I couldn't sell it to no one. That cost me thousands of dollars. But bless God, I showed him. <laughs> but he didn't see a scene. <laughs> and he didn't pay anything. And if I'd have had time, I'd have pulled up the tax strip. <laughs> but then I knew I'd probably skin the walls. I had to paint the whole house, so I left that. <laughs> so it's real easy for us to say, if God said it, just believe it. But see, we're not, we're not living our life that way all the time, are we? You know, y'all don't want to say, are we always living our life that way? So when you... Those of you who are word people, you might say, but we put such an emphasis on the word. So when you go tell someone who's not really a word person, you say, well, I, well, then no problem. I got good news for you. The Bible says so-and-so. That's like, yeah, I know, but the doctor said so-and-so. He said, but you, but you didn't hear what I said. He said, by his stripes, you were healed. You say, well, I think what the report says. See, they're, you're coming from two different places. They're dealing with all the facts, and you're trying to, tell, you're trying to bring them truth. All right, so let's close here this morning. So there's a requirement. You need to know this. There generally is a requirement. There's a requirement for the fulfillment of the promise of God for it to be yes and amen. You want to know what the requirement is? Anybody need to know? There is a requirement that you must fulfill to have all the promises of God to be yes and amen in your life. The requirement is, if you write it down, this is what you need to know because it, it will not work otherwise. The requirement is, are you ready? Amen. Hey, how many of y'all want all the promises of God to be yes and amen? amen? There is a requirement. The requirement is, you have to be in Him. All the requirements, of, all the promises of God are yes and amen in Him. You have to be in Him. Or otherwise, no, nothing I said means anything to you until you're in Him. It's not a matter of you attaining something or your self-effort, or your, but it's just a matter of you being in Him. Once you're in Him, everything in Him is yes and amen. So be it. And Acts 17, we'll go there real quickly, and that'll be... Our last text for this morning, Acts 17. You doing okay? Yes. Acts 17. You know, 
Well, I'm in the, I'm in the passage translation again, but so Paul speaking to the leaders of, of Athens, Acts 17, 22 through 29, uh, 22 through 29. Um, well, for sake of time, I'll, I'll, I'll just read the 28th verse. It, is, it says, it is through him that we live and function and have our identity, our lineage comes from him. It's through him that you live. It's through him that you're functioning. Do you, do you, do you think of that in that way? I, I, I never get out of bed in the morning. Ever. I, I, never, I, I don't think I ever do. I, don't, I never get out of bed in the morning. This morning, I did the same thing. I wake up, and sometimes I got to try to think, what day of the week is this? Anyone ever did that? That's where your brain is starting to, you know, to all come together. And you try to remember what your name is sometimes. And if you're raising little kids, you hear about three of them saying, Mama. They don't say Daddy, even though the Daddy's in the same room. They yell for Mama. What a blessing. Thank you, Jesus. I was not born. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, but I, I, I just thank him for who he is and how good he is. And I thank him for this day. And I do this many times. This is just me. I said, I have the high privilege and honor that you have given, that you have bestowed the highest privileges upon me this day, that I get to stand before your people, that it took your son, the blameless son of God and his blood to redeem them. That's how much value that they, that they have to you. And I have the high privilege of standing before them and speak your word to them. And I am awe. I don't know what else to say about that. So now I thank you for the wisdom. I thank you for the strength and the ability to do that. If you're dealing with something physically, you might really be thanking for that. I need the wisdom. I need the strength and the ability that's in you, that's in me. And it's in me because I'm in you. And then we get up and we start from that point. But I do, I do that by acknowledging him. How many times that we live our life, we don't do what Proverbs 3 says, and all things acknowledge him. I mean, the, the, the little bitty things, the things that people do for you that might be just a small thing, do you take time to acknowledge him? I mean, I was just standing in line the other day at Lowe's, and there was like, 100, seemed like 140 people in line with one cashier, and I'm thinking, Pull someone out of plumbing if you have to. I mean, do, do, do something, you know. So I took my buggy and I said, well, I'll go to the garden center. Problem is, there was twice that many people there. Y'all ever done that? Yes. And, and I had some person that was behind me, and I was kind of leaning on my cart for different reasons. And uh, this elderly person says, you go ahead. And I said, oh, no, sir, you, you go ahead. He says, no, sir, you, you go ahead. He, says, he said to me, he said, you're a young man. you got a lot of things to do. And I said, yes, I am young. <laughs> Moses lived to be 120. You know, I'm 59. I'm only half age. <laughs> only, only half age. I'm preaching to a bunch of babies in here is what I'm doing. <laughs> just, just a bunch of children. <laughs> Amen. Isn't that funny how God called us all children? 
you've heard me say it before, but the, the Lord didn't really help me with this. I mean, I'm not making fun. I mean, because I, I was sitting there for many years, too. And, I, and, and just in passing through the years, I was like, I, I can't believe this goes on. I can't believe people do this. I, can't, I, I just can't believe that. And then the, the Lord didn't address what anyone did or anything. He said, all he said to me was, I wasn't even asking for, I'm, I'm just like, I can't even believe this. In my, my first few years of ministry, everything was like, wow, people live like this. They do this. And like, wow. And uh, I was just, you know, amazed and overwhelmed with some of it. And then he said to me, <clears throat> he said, have you ever read anywhere in the Bible where it says, my little children? And I said, uh, yes, sir. I, I, I guess it's several places in the Bible. It says, my children and my little children. He said, have you ever read anywhere in Scripture where it says, my little adults? <laughs> and I said, no, sir. He said, that's because a lot of times they act like children. They said, that's why I call them children. I said, well, that sure did help me. I mean, just like, <laughs> so don't get mad at the children. He said, so don't get mad at the children, child. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. Huh? My little children. So real quickly, real quickly. So Paul's telling them in him, you, you live and move and have your, your function, your identity is what? It's in him. King James says, in him we live and move and have our being, for we are also, I love this, you are his offspring. Amen. Wow. King James says, you are the offspring of God. Amen. You say, well, my daddy's name was Otis. Well, okay, yeah, then you're the oldest, but, but actually the, you're the offspring of God. So if you go back and summarize 2 Corinthians 1.20, it says, all the promises of God are yes and him, so be it unto the glory of God. So it's not a matter of your works, is it? It's not because you prayed so well. It's not because you fasted so many days. Your fasting never changes God. It just changes you. It brings you closer to Him. He's, uh, he's not having a problem. He's not staying away from you. So the fasting is just changing our lives. So it's not because we did this or we did that or we fasted or prayed or that we've had several people get in agreement with us, to agree with us. Uh, it doesn't take agreement with several people because the promise of God, this is the way that he said it to me, it worked more. He said, it does not take agreement. This is just me. I believe and I'm hearing him say this to me. I wrote it just like this. It didn't, it does not take agreement with several others for God to establish his covenant of promise and oath to make it good. God did not make his covenant with you. He made it for you. Amen. You weren't there, were you? So he didn't make it with you. He made it for you. So all the promises of God are yes and amen in him and to the glory of God by, by us. Now, and here's the last little point of this. Unto the glory of God by us. All the promises of God are yes and amen unto the glory of God by us. So God is not looking for a reason not to answer your prayer. He's looking for reasons to say yes and answer your prayer because it brings glory to him when you have your prayer answered. Amen. Now, I don't know if you thought about it. You know, God gets glory. You think, well, he gets glory when we worship him and adore him and we magnify him and we're living. He does. But so does a tulip. God could have made one flower, but he didn't. He could have made one kind of tree. We could just have pines everywhere. And they're beautiful, too. But how many glad that we got maples and oaks and we have, you know, all, I mean, a vast array of. So when you get to heaven, it's going to be amazing. God loves variety. Hmm? 
He loves the variety of skin color, doesn't he? Why would you hate something or someone that God created that he loves? Amen. So apparently he loves red, yellow, black, and white. Someone said it's precious in his sight. Somewhere I heard that. Oh, it was children's church is where I heard that. Hmm. He loves all. So God made such variety. And so it brings glory to him. So when that, when that tulip or that rose and it opens up, you know, on that Monday morning and it, it's got enough sun and it finally opens up for the first time. Isn't it interesting that when it opens up, it's not towards the ground, but it's towards the heaven. It's, I don't know what it's saying, but maybe it's saying, Father, here I am in all your glory and I worship you. If he said, I can make the rocks and trees cry out, I suppose a flower can. And it opens up and because it's living its purpose, it brings him glory. Amen. That's his, what, what is the purpose of flowers? The main purpose of why you want them. It's because, isn't it because of their beauty? Yes. There's many things that can happen in you know, trees and oxygen and all that kind of stuff. But I'm talking about the main purpose of the flowers and such as this. And the hard work that you go is to beautify and enjoy the beauty that it brings you. Amen. That beauty was created by God. And when they are living and, and they are functioning, we're not functioning, but when they're, when they're bringing forth the essence of who, what he created to be, it brings him glory. He says, when you ask God for anything according to his will for you, your, your answer has been step, stamped, stamped with a yes, Jesus. Amen. If you're in him unto the glory of God, that comes to him by us. And God says, my word, they believe me. They believe my promise. They believe me. He says, it's so amazing that I have people that's never seen me and they've never seen heaven and they've never seen an angel. And yet they believe me so much that they believe me. And they're talking to someone they can't even see. They've never seen heaven. They've never seen Michael or Gabriel. All of us in heaven are seeing all this, and they're on earth and they see none of this. They're hearing about it and reading it in a book, and yet they believe me. So it's a yes to them. And the one that's a yes to them, it brings him so much glory into the throne room. No one can hardly stand it. The angels perhaps to go, wow, when God answers a prayer. Thank you. Amen. This is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know he hears us, then we know and have the confidence that we have the petitions that we desire of him. Amen. I want you to leave here with confidence. Confidence. I want you to be dauntless. Such confidence. Courageous. Bold as a lion. Not just for yourself, but for others. Amen. God bless you. This is a wonderful day in him. Spread the good news with those who haven't heard it. Amen.